Let's talk about the 10 modern addictions that nobody talks about today. And a lot of these addictions, they've been going on for quite a while. Actually, they've been going on much earlier, before the 21st century. But nobody's really talking about these particular ones. So you've got your common ones that have been going on for years and years and years, decades, some even centuries. There's drugs, alcohol, gambling, a lot of that kind of stuff, which we'll, we won't get into that. Let's get into 10 addictions that nobody's really talking about. And as a marketer, I feel comfortable talking about these. Well, a little bit uncomfortable because I'm partially responsible for getting people to buy into these, right? To get people addicted to these. So it makes sense for me to talk about it. Let's get right into it. I'll have some honorable mentions at the end, but start with number one here, which is online dating apps. Online dating apps, fairly new within the last 20 years. And then with mobile apps, it's really taken off in the last 15, 15-ish years, 10, 15 years. And before that, nobody was really talking about dating online. It was never really a thing. But Tinder came along with this swipe right, swipe left type of feature. And then all of a sudden, the world has unlimited options at their fingertips. And this is great for anyone that just wants to be able to tap into men or women all across the world. However, it used to be that you find somebody locally, you settle down, get married, have kids. Nowadays, if there's anything wrong, if there's any if there's any misstep in the relationship, you've moved on to the next individual. You don't have to deal with controversy or conflict in that relationship because you have this endless menu of options. Several of the people that I've dated, they've been able to hop on to the dating apps and have a hundred men match with them within 24 hours easily and that's underestimating the amount so men are replaceable and women have plenty of options in terms of online dating and there's never any reason to settle you could always go for the next thing you could always look for the next opportunity right so this is quite addictive because you can be swiping right and swiping left while you're in the washroom, maybe during a, a work break, you're sitting on the toilet, you can play on your phone. It's very accessible. So this is very dangerous in the sense it's like a, it's somewhat like a casino game where you just, with your finger movements, you can find new people. Uh, it's very powerful. Certainly those who are maybe shy or introverted, they can now find love when they couldn't before. They just simply couldn't talk to people, and now they can. So there's benefits, right? There are benefits to the tool. However, there are a lot of people, more often than not, who 
are just on there year after year after year, and they're, they're not satisfied with who they're connecting to. They're looking for the shinier object because you're looking for celebrity or fame or status, and there's, there's always more out there. So these dating apps are simply a new way of meeting people, but it dehumanizes the aspect of what a person is all about. There's so much more than the visuals, than a small little bio on a profile. There's a lot more to it. But now the idea of learning about somebody and, and details unfolding now there's a bit of a bit of a vetting process that people can do. And hey, it's safer for both parties. You can now get to know somebody before you meet with them. Rather than going in blind, you have a bit of detail. So there there are some benefits. Nobody's talking about their experiences or how bad this is because it's still a relatively new phenomenon and honestly dating is not a comfortable topic nobody feels comfortable talking about the fact that they're single or they're trying to find the one a lot of people just really don't want to talk about that it is a personal thing they can't find a relationship or find the right person you also have this hookup culture that's associated with apps. So there's a lot of people that go on the apps for hookups. That's literally what it's all about. Uh, for most, for a lot of people. I, I, there's a lot of people on there that also just want to find a real relationship. But more often than not, you end up with these hookups, right? Because there's more people just, they've given up on the idea of a relationship and now they're going with whoever they can and moving to the next one after uh, after they're done with them. So certainly a problem. Uh, I, you know, I'll have some solutions at the end of all of this, but that's number one. Let's get into number two, Netflix and streaming. Netflix and streaming, and this goes for any type of streaming service. You got like Disney Plus, Amazon Prime. There's Twitch. There's even YouTube. All these endless subscriptions, right? So you have this autoplay feature that these these companies have developed with the assistance of marketers, of course to essentially feed you the next piece of content, one after the other. And the intent of this is to just keep you hooked and watching Netflix forever. So there's no reason to be watching movies anymore because you have these, these endless series. You can watch, an end, you can watch a series on Marathon, right? Ten hours, you can watch a a bunch of shows all in one fell swoop whereas before with tv and cable you had to wait until next week to get that second episode well now you can watch an entire season in one sitting so there's just so much more and you're addicted to it the writers of these shows have designed the shows so that you are hooked and you need to watch the next episode and the next episode because there's there's that final hook. The writing has gotten so good. 
and the show quality is not amazing. If you if you ever really sit back and analyze these these shows that are out there now, they're they're very weak in terms of quality content. A lot of it's just talking back and forth and and it's very easy to produce and it's just like it's candy. It's just candy. And and you really look at it, it's not it's not a very in-depth approach to creating creative content. Not like a movie, where it's uh, two hours and you have to put something together and, and it's finite and it's got a, a very... I mean, movies nowadays are not as good as they used to be, but there's there are some that pop up. I think like any time in history there's, there's a bunch of garbage ones and then some really solid ones but there's now more incentive to just pump a movie out and throw it on netflix right just get it out there because the value streaming has devalued what a movie is worth so this whole autoplay feature means that you can watch an infinite amount of content and you can escape reality for as long as you want. It's very dangerous because you don't have to deal with real life problems anymore. You can just live in this in this world, this Netflix world. No real solution here. They've made this bad addiction they they've paired it with a good thing. Like this whole Netflix and chill, right? And if you don't know what that means, you can look it up, but they're they're pairing the bad with the good to make to make the addiction not as terrible as it seems. So they can get away with all this. So that's number two. As an extension of this streaming content, you have number three, TikTok or short form media consumption. With the invention of vertical video for mobile phones so that people can kind of hold it on their screen and scroll up, you have you have these these apps, social media apps like TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. They're all coming out with their own versions of vertical video, and it's very easy to do a vertical scroll. Interesting. Similar to like the dating apps, it's like swipe left and right. Well, now it's swipe up and down. Hmm. I wonder if there's a connection to the casino. Well, there is. Scientifically, they're, they're looking up what, what makes things addicting, and that's what they're inventing. So TikTok really shouldn't exist. It's... It's not good for anyone. It's a, it's a dangerous tool. And it's really designed for younger generations. Gen Z is, is hooked on this kind of stuff because it's, it's mobile first for a mobile first generation. It's perfect for that. And all these other social media companies have followed the lead with what TikTok is doing. I mean, Vine, that app Vine, they did short form video, but they really didn't they didn't figure it out but TikTok has really designed something that that works 
and it's hooked people in within the last what three or four years it's it just taken off like crazy and businesses would be silly not to be involved if they want to go after younger generations it's it's all on there but you have 30 somethings and 40 somethings on there as well and you ask them, oh, well, what's what's your favorite person on, on TikTok? A lot of them probably won't even know because you're just going through video after video, all of which are mostly less than 60 seconds, but they're now allowing more longer form. But it's just so difficult to get off of it. So you could be sitting there and then 90 minutes later, oh wow, I just watched all this content and I couldn't tell you what I just watched because it's, it's all a blur. So nobody's really talking about this. There's no regulation. You can easily get this on, on any phone and it's easy to download. The kids are on there, they're doing their dances or whatever and nobody cares. Nobody cares. And it's so dangerous. Like, it's not healthy. Because I've talked about this in past, but you're, you're, basically, you're basically just flooding your brain with these hits, these new hits, a lot of which is unrealistic and and fake and not reality. You're being sucked into this vortex that isn't even real. So thank you TikTok, thank you YouTube Shorts, all of this kind of stuff that's, it's just like garbage content. But what can I say? I mean, yes, there's substance, right? There's substance in some of the content. It's few and far between, but you're allowing basically all of these amateur creators to flood the market with whatever content. And uh, it's addicting to watch. It's so addicting. So there you go, that's, that's the TikTok addiction. I've had a TikTok addiction video before, but you know what? I think it's getting, it's, it's interesting. I think there's is still a lot of people on there. There's I'm also seeing maybe people who are fed up with all of this and they are starting to leave, right? They've had enough, they're starting to leave or they're exiting out, which I think is a good thing. But what are they exiting to? They're moving to something else. And what is that, right? What are they hopping over to? Hopefully something healthier, but I don't know. I'm still seeing TikTok and it's growing and I'm seeing people still hopping on there and checking it out. So, yeah. Number four, podcasts. This is a controversial one. This is controversial because... It's a, a very strange type of addiction. It's an audio addiction. You see, podcasts can be any length of time. You could be listening to a four-hour podcast. You could be listening to this podcast on loop until you fall asleep. You could be, you could be consuming this for hours and hours on end, and you have tons of episodes loaded up in the queue. 
And, you know, you walk down the streets and you'd be hard-pressed not to find somebody with headphones on listening to that podcast. And some of it's educational and it's good and it's healthy to consume because it's perhaps replacing books or reading. Maybe that's what's happening for a lot of people. Then nothing wrong with that. But a lot of people are getting obsessed about podcasts and they have to listen to the next episode and some of the content out there a lot of it is controversial or negative and once again it's low quality for the most part because anyone can create it it's it's free market it's open media anyone can create anyone can throw this up there right i can put this podcast up which i will after and anyone can listen to it and it's too easy to access anyone with a phone can get it anyone with a laptop tablet it's out on the internet it's everywhere it's on blogs it's being shared so there is so much content out there and audio content even though podcasts have been around for probably around 20 years, actually since audio, technically since audio has been around, I mean, you could consider this podcast, but the internet form of it where it's out on the internet, it's, it's more accessible than ever before. You don't need a cassette tape. You can just need an internet connection and you have unlimited streams. It's uh, it's interesting, and it's continuing to grow. Like we have not even scratched the surface. The types of podcasts. There's so much development that's going to happen in the podcasting world to make it even more intriguing to listen to podcasts. Right now, it's actually quite fragmented because you have so many different people creating content. There are potentially, and there already are, some media companies buying up some of the top podcasts, and that's like now this new media conglomerate, and they're they're creating a series out of this or a series out of that, or they're doing more documentary style and and taking taking what we have and doing a bit of an evolution. But I think we're going to see a whole other level to all of this. And we don't even know what that looks like. Because it's been sitting on an app for a while. The podcast app for Apple, it's been sitting there for a while. But what's it going to look like down the road? I don't know. I mean, maybe AI has something to do with that, right? AI could potentially be creating endless streams of audio and amazing celebrity voices. And who knows? But it's uh, it's a wild world with podcasts, and I think it's quite addicting. It's just never talked about because it's not really hurting anyone, you know? Number five, vaping. I don't think I have to go too far into this. I don't really know too much about vaping. I'm not into cigarettes or anything, but you see we pushed away cigarettes, which is a good thing, not good for kids. And now kids are saying, well, hey, vaping, that's okay. 
e-cigarettes, all this kind of stuff. So they're now saying that's the it thing. It's the it way to go. With the legalization of marijuana, eh, marijuana not as cool anymore. Let's, let's go with some vaping or whatever other types of drugs. And there are other drugs that they're getting into, but this type of chemical is so bad and I don't know why it's not cracked down upon a little bit more. And the marketers behind it, I mean, they should all go to hell. I mean, what else can I say? And I know they're just doing their job, but how can you be responsible for for putting together those campaigns to to make this appealing to teenagers? It's it's just criminal. Number six, ASMR videos. So here's another form of content that people are becoming dependent upon. In order to fall asleep, I need to be listening to ASMR videos. So it's this low, it's like this low trigger type of euphoria that helps people with anxiety and stress. And hey, I would say this is a better type of addiction than sleeping pills, right? So if I were to pick or choose, right? Pick and choose which one it would be would be ASMR videos. It's a fairly harmless type of addiction. However, this dependency to fall asleep to content, I don't think is healthy long-term in people being able to cope with difficulties. Like if you're overthinking when you're trying to get to sleep and the only thing that you can do other than sleeping pills is listen to these tingles and these soothing sounds, oh, the sound of my voice, that's a bit of a concern. And somebody needs to address this. There's this underlying stress and anxiety, and it's very strange. I, I have seen it when I put out these ASMR videos on my channel. I'm seeing this younger crowd, these young 20-somethings, they're con consuming it like crazy. They're putting it on loop to fall asleep. And it's, it's, it's very bizarre to me. And they're highly dependent on it to get that good night's sleep. And uh, we need to look at that, the stress of society. Things are getting harder. Maybe there's too many choices. It's getting very dangerous for people out there. So that's what I see with ASMR videos here. It's got to be something that maybe we need to look into eventually. Number seven, mobile games. Candy Crush, anyone? Yes, Angry Birds. So... Video games have always kind of been addicting, right? You had the World of Warcraft. I was a Grand Theft Auto addict. There were all of these games over the years that were very addicting. Well, now it's evolved into these mobile games on your phone. And anyone can grab their phone and play video games. Play that Candy Crush for hours on end. And these gaming developers have made it so addicting that you can't get away from it. 
we're not really talking about this as a modern addiction, but we should because kids are getting a hold of iPads and phones and these devices are being shoved in their faces so they're kept quiet and they're now on these devices at a very young age and it's not very healthy, not a proper healthy way to develop. I mean, do we even know? Do we even know what the repercussions are? It's too early. It's too early to tell. Is it the way to pass the time for kids? Probably not. It's, it's, there has to be something about boredom that's reintroduced into the child's life. They need to understand that boredom is a part of life. When they get older, boredom is a good thing. They need to learn that. So these mobile games are dangerous for all generations. And the developers have made it so that you're incentivized, so that you're staying on there, so that you're paying for different purchases. There are addicts out there that are probably spending thousands, tens of thousands to advance in the game, and it's becoming their life. And sure, you have the advent of esports and professional gaming where people are actually making a living. And it's because they've probably taken it very seriously and the, the cream of the crop. And it makes sense that they pursue it. But a lot of people are just recreational. And it's very damaging to their life. So we should look at that. Number eight, online advertising as a buyer. So what does this mean? Well, you have Facebook ads, you have Google ads, you have Pinterest ads, Twitter ads, LinkedIn ads, you have all these ads platforms, right? It's a whole slew of options. And most marketing agencies are going to tell you, well, you should be on all of them. Try them all. Don't just try one or two, try them all. Well, because they have management fees and the more most of them, if they do it right, they'll charge you the more platforms you're on. Or they'll, they'll try to add like additional services if you choose more platforms. So marketers are trying to get you to spend more money on these platforms. The social media companies are also trying to get you to spend money on these platforms because it's a multi-billion dollar revenue stream for them advertising online so facebook ads like facebook meta they want you to be spending money on ads so there's this underlying promise that you'll get revenues for your e-commerce store if you boost if you do this you'll get X number of views more, but that doesn't necessarily translate into revenues. It's not guaranteed that you buying ads, say as, as a business person or you're you're starting up a like an e-commerce store and you want to get more t-shirt sales or whatnot, and you're relying on advertising that you're paying for to get people in the door. I mean, it makes sense, right? It's replacing the newspaper ads. It's the new form of, of getting eyeballs, right? It's paid traffic. There's nothing wrong with it, but there's nothing wrong with it at a very high level, but I'm seeing companies highly dependent on them spending more money 
and then not getting the results. I'm seeing a lot of failed businesses because they spent too much money and they didn't look at their product, which maybe was very poor. They didn't look at product market fit to make sure the audience that they're targeting is the right audience. And they didn't do enough testing to see if anyone really just cares, right? Most of it's to do with product development. If your product was actually good and is changing the world, then people would be talking about it. Or maybe you just didn't get it out there organically enough. That's the thing that a lot of people aren't doing is they're not pushing organic approaches, right? Because honestly, I would recommend just taking whatever product that you're launching and just tell your top 50 people, hey, here's this product, what do you think of it? Maybe you need to do 100 or 200 people you have to reach out to, but why not go with that approach? It's free, it doesn't cost anything. Just do that. It's That way you can at least test to make sure that people are interested instead of you spending money and then finding out that nobody cares three months later. So a lot of people aren't hustling in the right way with, with this kind of thing. So you see a lot of failed entrepreneurship. The thing is, when is the last time you bought a product that appeared as an online ad? For me, I, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you what product. I mean, I buy my groceries, but none of that was because of online ads. So uh, but there's an intangible to it. Like if you're a massive company and you have millions to spend, you can probably get online ads to work for you because a lot of it's just exposure for them and it makes sense to throw some money over there. But if you're you're getting going, it's likely not the best way to spend the money. Spend the money on product development, spend it on something else. Because Tesla has been doing just fine and they don't have online ads. So they've done things organically through word of mouth. The thing is, if your service or your physical product was good enough, you wouldn't need to be spending. So how is this all related to addiction? Well, people are looking for the get-rich-quick approach, and I don't see that ever changing. People want success in 30 days. They don't want it in 10 years. They want it in 30 days. So... Online advertising promises falsely that you can do really well, drop shipping, and make $10 million in a month. You see that constantly. How do you make 10000 a month in 30 days? You see a lot of that kind of content. And it's, it's all this, this quick, rich, get-rich-quick kind of scheme and people are hooked on it. Like they're struggling and they want to get out of it and this is the solution. So they go for it. As a marketer, I'm not a big fan. I mean, there's ways to do it really well if you're doing educational ads and you're just trying to help people with a real solution, great. 
But if you're just trying to promote that e-commerce store, it's usually done poorly and people are more annoyed if anything. You have to find those true loyal fans and they're everywhere. They're on different social media groups and forums and you can definitely reach out to them. So, yeah, just watch out for that because people end up spending on all these different platforms and then there's, there's no real strategy behind it. It's just let's spend whatever money we can and see what we get out of it, which is not a very appropriate approach. And that's why entrepreneurs go out of business. Okay, number nine, social media forums. You've got all these different niche communities out there like Reddit, Discord servers, other niche type of online forums all over the place where now people are trying to get their social connection online instead of in person. And they're living in this internet world and it's addicting. They're going on. Ooh, they get a reply and they're excited to go in and, and reply from that notification. And, and it's very exciting. And this spreads across pretty much social media in general that that little red bubble is very intriguing to you and you have to click it to get rid of it. And you're excited about the next thing. So these people are definitely hooked into these little online forums and the conversations the positive ones great or the more the more the more like helpful ones that actually make sense that are actually evolving the world sure i don't know what those are I'm not really into the whole online forums but the reason why I'm bringing up this as an addiction is because we're seeing people that are mass murderers. I know this is very controversial. And a lot of these murderers have been hanging out in these online forums, having these terrible conversations. And what's crazier is the police know about this before it happens. And they're checking out these online forums and they know in advance this individual is a troublesome individual and and then it's just like eh, no big deal and these people they're they're in these little chat rooms and they're there for years and then i don't know they're having terrible conversations about the world politics religion whatever topics create controversy and and then all of a sudden you see these terrible things in the news, right? And it's it's worse than ever before. And, and it all is this, this terrible setup of people communicating online. It's so terrible. It's so unnatural. And okay, fine, it's good for people who are introverted, but... As I'm getting older, I'm realizing the word introvert is actually a terrible word. Really controversial, but I don't think it's a very healthy approach to life to actually say that you're introverted and that's a reason to live behind a computer screen. It's not really a good excuse. So, I mean, that word is thrown around so much it doesn't mean anything anymore. 
it's, it just sounds like everywhere you turn, everyone's an introvert. And now it doesn't mean as much. No, the real introverts are those who, who get their energy from, from sort of being alone. But you see the activity of doing an online forum, that's not an introverted type of activity. You're, you're socializing online. It's not, it's not you sort of getting energy from being alone. It's, it's you actually socializing in these communities. If anything, it's like an in, it's an extroverted type of activity, and uh, it's it's not very healthy because these people who are shy or socially anxious, that's what they are reverting to. They're saying, well, this is the easy way to c connect with people. But some bad thoughts are festering and some terrible exchanges are happening. And it's not just the forums, it's on social media comments, it's on, it's on blog post comments, it's on video comments. It's, it's, these are these micro forums all over of people saying terrible things. And the connotations are not good. And social media is able to clean up the really violent stuff. But they're actually not able to clean up the microaggressions that are hidden, that are not discoverable by a machine. A machine's not able to maybe learn certain things. Maybe it'll get better, I don't know. But people are addicted to this type of feedback loop because it's so instantaneous. So they can get information, they can get comments very quickly. And you see a lot of people saying, don't read the comments because it is quite dangerous. So these forums all over the place are not great. Nobody's talking about it because it's a distraction and it's an escape and it's, is it, it's not really doing any harm on the surface, but when you really drill into it, it's not a real sense of connection. You talking to me, once uh, this video goes up on YouTube, you leaving a comment, that's not a proper way to communicate with someone. You talking to me through this video is very unhealthy. Yeah. And... <laughs> See, uh, on one side of it, it's like, oh, you want people to be engaged with the content, but on the other side of it, you don't really want to have that conversation because it's, 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 not, it's not very fluid. It's not very, it's not very human. And nobody's really figured this out. So we're just sort of allowing this disconnected conversation to continue along across the entire internet, which is just a fragmented disaster. So anyway, that's number, number nine. Okay, number 10, number 10, energy drinks. I grew up with like seeing people drink the Red Bull. Didn't really like the taste, but 
went to university, people were drinking Red Bull, and that was the thing to do if you wanted to study all night. That's what people gravitated towards. I didn't really do too many all-nighters, so I was never that energy energy drink guy. I never fell prey to that kind of consumption, but here we go. Here's this caffeinated type of beverage. Some of them are highly caffeinated and really not healthy. I suppose when you see the can and it says, hmm, maximum one can per child per day, doesn't that sort of raise a little bit of a concern, anyone? That you can just slap that on the label and still allow this to go to teenagers and young adults? It's probably not the most conducive way to stay up and study, but anyway... Nowadays, there's more varieties than ever before. You walk in Monster and Red Bull and Rockstar and all these types of drinks. They litter the the aisles, and people are drinking them secretly. It's, maybe they're not talking about it too much, but late at night, they need to stay up, and, and there's more pressure than ever before to stay up and do the work, study, you name it. And people are trying to cope with the pressure or they're trying to just handle this through these energy drinks, which are very dangerous. And I don't really understand the dangerous effects of it all, but they are dangerous because you wouldn't have limits otherwise. So what can I say to that? It's a little concerning. But that's that's the list of the ten, and let's get into the honorable mentions here. I'm only gonna go through three honorable mentions because honestly, you can pick a whole slew of modern addictions in the world. There, there's plenty I'm probably not talking about here. But here we go. Here's three to make this interesting you've got fentanyl you've got junk food you've got coffee these three things right so i mean let's talk about junk food first junk food it's everywhere there's more varieties than ever before doritos cheetos ice cream chips whatever you want it's accessible it's easy it's not regulated a child can walk in with their coins and buy as many Doritos and Twinkies as they want. Zero regulation. And yet, if you look at the laundry list of ingredients on all of these products, it's not the most ideal thing. And hey, uh, I, I get it. it. Had a long day, and maybe you want to have some Doritos or ice cream to, to wind down, or you know, just enjoy a nice little <laughs> snack. And some people are maybe have some control over this. But more often than not, people are just doing the repeat purchasing here. You know, that Dorito cheese seems to have a chemical in it that keeps people hooked. Yeah. So they're going in and they're buying more and more and more. And they're not stopping. They just want more. Uh... I'm a little concerned that nobody's really talking about 
junk food because it's literally the number one reason why people are so unhealthy in the world. So the fact that we're not banning any type of junk food in the world, I've never heard of anyone banning junk food anywhere. I'm a little confused by that. When they started introducing junk in certain parts of the world where people were very healthy, it turned bad so quickly. The life expectancies declined. It's literally the main reason why people are dying. <laughs> and yet we're just letting this run rampant. Like it's so cheap to buy junk food. It's so cheap. And people are just, they're just buying it. And, and the governments, governments aren't doing anything because they don't have to. And also because of the amount of money these junk food companies bring in. They're essentially like drug companies, these junk food companies. And the government's bringing in a ton of corporate taxes from these companies based on the sales. nobody cares so these are why medical systems are falling apart or they're not as good as they could be is because junk food is so interlaced with society to the point where what do you do okay let's do the next one fentanyl this is like an opioid drug. I really don't know too much about this. I don't want to get into too much about the drugs. I said I wasn't going to get into the drug type stuff, but this is one that is clearly getting around. I've heard a lot about this in like California and a lot of people getting into it. And it's really concerning, you know, especially among younger people. It's another one of those it type drugs like vaping and e-cigarettes, I guess. But anyway, um... There's a bit of a crisis around this, I think more so in the U.S., but I think in Canada as well, there's pockets of it, of people sort of numbing the pain, I guess, and this is the it kind of drug. It's a little concerning, uh, really concerning that anyone's buying this, but uh, it just goes to show, like, you're better off not touching this kind of stuff. Uh, I think it's being somewhat talked about with fentanyl, but I don't think enough people are dying yet for anyone to really care. Until it really gets into the households and I mean, it's spreading along the streets, but maybe once it gets into more of the affluent households, then maybe, maybe more people will talk about fentanyl. So it obviously deserves an honorable mention because... Uh, like, what are we doing about that? I don't really know what to say. Uh, okay, and then the last honorable mention is, like, coffee. Regular iced coffee. I mean, iced coffee is a more modern one, right? Because how do you get people drinking hot coffee in the summertime? Well, you invent cold coffee, of course. So now you have these cold brews, and you have this iced coffee, and this... These calf, I mean, it's caffeine to get people basically dependent on coffee to get home from work or to get to work.
people are now dependent on coffee. Just look at those morning Starbucks lines and you can see lineups out the door. And then even the evenings, it's like when they're getting home, they're lining up to get their coffee on the way home. They're literally dependent on it. And then at lunchtime at work, they got the coffee pot rolling along. Everyone's dependent on the coffee. And there's arguments that are saying, hey, coffee's healthy. I don't know. I don't know. Is it? If, if you can't stop drinking it for a week, it's an addiction. If you can't stop consuming it for a week without it being a problem, it's an addiction. So uh, coffee, of course, has been around for years and years and years. That's why it doesn't really count on the list. But I think the iced coffee version of this deserves the, the real honorable mention because now it's it's this sweet sometimes you you add whatever stuff to it you want to make it a, a deliciously sweet drink and masking all of the chemicals inside and there you go a lot of people if they just stick to maybe the pure coffee then maybe there's the health benefits there but a lot of people are gravitating towards these these terrible mixed drinks that aren't good for you so that's it for the honorable mentions and you know i didn't really want to end this with all of the problems that we're seeing with modern addictions i want to bring some solutions to the table right i don't just want to make this all doom and gloom uh so let's go over a couple of points, right? I might be missing some, so I'll have this all like written out wherever. It'll be written out. I have a whole, I mean, I wrote this entire piece first before I did the video. So there's, there's definitely a full list of stuff all over the place. My blog is going to have all of this content posted, so it'll be easy to access. But here we go. Let's go through the list. So these solutions, here's, here's one solution, social media, applications, all of this type of online content, internet, there needs to be some sort of regulation around this. It can't be this easy to consume, so somebody needs to be held responsible. I think governments are trying to do some sort of censorship, but... I don't really get that because you just move on to the other thing that isn't censored. So there's there's some sort of barrier that has to happen here. So I mean another solution really is is putting the onus on parents to be more responsible and to say hey this this thing is dangerous and this should not be introduced to XYZ individual. Now, a lot of this is modern addictions that we don't understand. So to depend on, to, to expect parents to understand it is, is not even fair. When, when the people inventing this, they, they don't even understand it. Mark Zuckerberg doesn't even understand what he's created, what monster he's created with Facebook. He doesn't understand. That's why he doesn't even have his kids on there. So we don't really get this. 
I mean, what do you do? I mean, you try to wait. You say, hey, we're not introducing this to the kids until they hit their 20s, right? That's what you can do. And then obviously you, you be very specific about, hey, here are these drugs, right? And uh, don't touch them. <laughs> here's what will happen. If you, if you do touch them, here's what will happen. Maybe have like a weekly drug education thing. Because, I mean, whatever I witnessed in elementary school and high school, it worked. Like, I'm never going to touch cigarettes. I don't have any craving for them. It's never going to be in my possession. So whatever happened there, I clearly am not interested. So these dangerous effects need to be communicated for these modern addictions to the point where kids understand wow, this is very dangerous. And then maybe we'll see some solutions here that actually work. And then, I mean, another one that I can say is marketers need to be responsible for ethical advertising and, and doing the right thing. And I realize that's a job for a lot of people and they sort of have to be the ones to send out these communications and put out this kind of content. And develop this or that. So there's there's a way to do it ethically, and I think that's important. They need to they need to look at the world and say, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do it right. We're gonna do something in terms of education and not exploitation, right? So that's it. Ten modern addictions. I hope that helps. And yeah, I just find that this is all really fascinating. You know, we, we do have conversations about addictions. There are support groups out there for the main addictions like alcohol and some various drug rehab stuff. And that's all great, but we have these underlying addictions that sort of just, it's just being glossed over because we don't understand the long-term effects. And maybe we won't have these support groups developed for these kinds of addictions until, I don't know, maybe 20 or 30 years from now when we figure it out, which is kind of scary. That's just the reality of the situation. But hopefully a couple of those solutions helped. And until next time, bye.